This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. following platforms apple podcast google play spotify tune in stitcher soundcloud and podbean just search just the two of us podcast follow us on social media on facebook just the two of us podcast or on twitter we can be found at jttou podcast or follow us individually. You can find Steven at Nipsey, N-I-P-S-E-Y. Or follow Tracy at Trayrific, T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C. Hey, everyone. How's it going? What's up? We're back. We are back with another action-packed episode of Just the Two of Us podcast. And woo. <laughs> we are we are in let's say give or take day 160 of the 2020 pandemic mm-hmm. in the United States mm-hmm. and I mean it I mean officially it's around 160 but doggone it, it feels like it's been a thousand days yeah I was gonna say it feels like day 160,000 <laughs> right so we're still in the throes of this pandemic while other countries are starting to probably get out of it yeah it's so weird because like complete weird random tangent but like i watch a lot of youtube and i watch some people who are in the uk and i'm so jealous of them why because they are like they've gone back to their lives they're like normal actually like one channel that i watch there's is this fitness channel and like these it's these two guys and they like went on vacation (laughs) i don't know where they went but they they went outside. They live in London, and they they definitely like went outside of uh, the immediate London area. <laughs> yes, like to another country, I believe. And I'm just like, yo, and, and like they're not wearing masks and stuff. Well, they kind of are like in certain places, like I think still indoors, but like pretty much, yeah, they're just living life. Same with people. I I watch a couple of YouTubers in Paris, and they're they now Paris is kind of back on the mask everywhere right. so like they because they, I, I guess they had some outbreaks or something so they have to wear a mask everywhere outside mm-hmm. everywhere so but for a while they had stopped also they were like getting back to quote unquote normal uh, and I was like I'm so jealous must be nice <laughs> must be nice yeah well that's not the case here in the US <laughs> no we're still dealing with it and mm-hmm. you know I, and it just made me think I mean, it's not just the, you know, the pandemic. I mean, we already know 2020 has been like a crazy year. Right. (laughs) Um, It was different things happening, but it's not just the pandemic. It's a lot of stuff. You know, another big story of 2020 United States is the the uprisings and the protests Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for social justice and things like that. Right. Mostly against uh, the police force and, and, and how the police are are dispatched in communities and treats uh, citizens. Yes. And the and I guess the, the inciting point of that was the, the George Floyd murder. Right. And 
I thought it'd be a good idea if we talked about what what we think would happen in what's going to happen in the world of entertainment mm-hmm. post COVID nineteen pandemic right. and post George Floyd murder. Yeah, like because I mean this this whole pandemic has, has shown a lot of things, um, and especially in the United States of how prepared we are as a country and how we do things. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of things have stopped socially. Mm-hmm. Uh, bars and restaurants closed. Live sporting events shut down, and movie theaters shut down. Right. And um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know how much you know movies and television and things like that how much that stuff is going to change mm-hmm. now that we've, we've had this big pandemic because yes. I mean, the pandemic's still going on right so you know it's just interesting to think about is this the new normal mm-hmm. or how, how are things going to change right um i mean so you know what do you think um in general yeah uh yeah i think i think things will change um, I think there will be some, well, obvious, I guess, will be some reluctance to change in terms of uh, movie theaters specifically. But yeah, I, I think I think things will change, and I think we and we can discuss how we've already been seeing how some theaters are making some changes. So well, then, then uh, let me ask you: it's like the movie theaters, yeah, it's it's pretty much like the number one entertainment industry mm-hmm. in this country when we think about. You know, music and television and, you know, sporting events. Movies is probably the number one Mm -hmm. growth as far as dollars every year. Sure. So do you think that movie theaters will come back to the levels they were before COVID-19? So right now in America, I mean, most of the movie theaters are closed, but then there are some parts of the country where their movie theaters are opening and slowly opening. But, I mean, there are literally thousands upon thousands of theaters in this country. Do you think right. we're going to get back to the point where all these thousands of theaters are opening mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are going to run to the theater on Friday to watch the next big, like, Marvel movie? I mean, not for a while. Like, I don't think we'll see it return to how it was um, pre-COVID or, as I like to call it, the before times. Which is what I stole from Twitter. I know, this is like some old timey stuff, the before times. I ran across a tweet that was like in the before times. And I was like, yo, (laughs) it's going to be like that in the before times. It was like Star Wars and like (laughs) Obi-Wan was telling Luke about like, I knew your father during the Clone Wars. And it's like, (laughs) it was a long time ago. Right, right. And no one remembers that time. I mean. Except the elders. Oh my gosh. But I think pre-COVID, um... Yeah, like the the numbers returning to like pre COVID numbers, I think it'll be a while. Um, I, I you know, but I don't I don't see it being something like five years. You know, right? Pl- five plus years. No, I don't think that. I think it's gonna slowly creep back up, and maybe it'll take maybe two solid years to get close to like pre COVID numbers. Right, like maybe not dead on, not even with those numbers, but like it'll be kind of close to because yeah, there's gonna be some big films well that were supposed to come out that are now being pushed back, and I think in a couple of years, like I mean, some of those Marvel films got pushed back to 2022 now. It's 
this point, right? Something yeah. like that. I think by then, I think especially, and I'll just add this in, especially if we get a solid vaccine, I think that's when you're going to see like people like, all right, we, we 2022, we back, <laughs> you know? Well, the, yeah, I mean, I think everything hinges on a vaccine. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I, I think that's the big thing. And that's kind of like the problem of this, this country right now is like, you know, people are rushing and pushing the governments to open things back up so they can right. get get back to normal. And I'm just looking around, you know, I'm looking around like, you know, John Travolta and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> right, that, that right. Meme, huh? He's like looking around. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking like, but we don't have a vaccine. Like right. the, the situation has not changed. Right. We're from still what here. Before. <laughs> right. And the whole purpose of everyone wearing masks and social mm-hmm. distancing and shutting things down was to flatten the, the curve, right. the rate of infection. Right. So we can slowly get back to normal exactly. like some of those other countries you mentioned did. Mm-hmm. But we didn't do that in this country. Right. Not so at all. <laughs> we're, we're long past that. Like, mm-hmm. but people are like, well, I sat home long enough. Let's open things yeah, up. Yeah, I'm tired like, of sitting home. It's been two months. So. I'm like, uh, no, like just because you're bored doesn't mean the vaccine went away. I mean, people in like <laughs> China and like other some other countries i mean they were inside like italy like three solid months i believe or at least two solid months in italy three maybe longer in china but like i'm just like yo people like and i don't think people understand like italy shut down like wuhan where like the this all like started like they shut down we didn't do crap no we didn't like <laughs> people were like pushing back on everything and people didn't even want to wear masks i mean yeah. other countries shut down put masks on everyone contact tracing mm-hmm. all that contact stuff tracing, right. here's like no i don't want to wear a mask because i've got rights mm-hmm. america yeah i mean and listening yeah go ahead sorry i was gonna say like to the china thing so it's like because they did what they needed to do mm-hmm. Just last week, China had a movie that opened to $108 million right. U.S., you know, as a, as, a, as a new Chinese movie that, that opened up. And, like, they're slowly getting their movie theater mm-hmm. uh, industry back, right. you know. I mean, they still have problems there. I mean, obviously, there's people still getting infected. Yeah, and there's still 100%. periodic shutdowns of certain areas. Right. You know, it'll be shut down for, like, three weeks, and then they'll open it up. And then, you know, right. four weeks later, they shut it down again. So that's kind of thing going on in China. But... Overall, it appears that they have things more under control than us because right. they opened a big budget film that made like a lot of money. So they're not fully back to what they used to be. Right. But they're but they're getting there. Right. And you know, and that just makes me think that for for here, if even if we if we get through this, mm-hmm. and let's say you like you said, and and we get a vaccine, or maybe in two years. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when we, we feel like we're safely out of this 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 dire situation and, and, and infections are relatively low because people are vaccine, people are social distancing, and you know we've got some control over the virus? What's going to happen to the movie industry? Is it going to change? Mm-hmm. Like, are we still going to have these big budget tentpole mm. films where mm-hmm. they spent two hundred fifty million dollars making mm-hmm. another? Another another hundred and fifty to two hundred million marketing, and right now you're almost half a billion into making this film, mm-hmm. and you need to make a billion at least to like make that money back. Right? Are we going to do that? Because because we were in the middle of making these movies. I mean, we were making these movies for for decades, yeah. And then this pandemic hit, and boom, everything had to go on pause. I mean, right. Black Widow mm-hmm. was supposed to come out in April, that was pushed back. Mulan was pushed back. Bond. 
Bond was was pushed back to November. The Fast and Furious 9 was pushed back a whole year, which I thought was a good idea by Sony, where they they recognize, like, hey, we're not going to even try to, like, reschedule this for later in the year. It's like, it's safer to just go one full year ahead because we don't know what's going on with this virus. Right. But now all these movies are sitting on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and in the biggest, you know, movie as far as like some anticipation was Tenet. Mm-hmm, right. From Christopher Nolan. And for the longest time, Warner Brothers, were not, they, they held off. They first kept saying it was still going to come out in July and July and July. Mm-hmm. Then they pushed it back. Okay, we're pushing it back two weeks. Like, <laughs> yeah, the virus is going to disappear yeah, in two, two weeks. weeks. And all the movie theaters are still closed at that point. Then they pushed it back to August. And then finally they said, okay, F it. We're going to push <laughs> it back to September. And we're going to forge straight ahead. Yeah. Now more movie theaters are open. But there's no way, even with no other competition really, other than a handful of other movies, is Tenet going to do the same amount of business right. the first weekend or throughout its run that it would have yeah. done without COVID. Right. No, yeah, it's going to be a mess. Well, as far as, you know, my my um, opinion about it, like, I just think in the future we're going to see a lot of big budget, potential big budget films, things that they had in the works, nothing that they've started making now. I think they might be re-looking or, like, taking a look at their uh, budgets <laughs> and, and rethinking things. Um, because given how way things are in the United States, at least it, it's like, it's going to be at least, I think for another full year, a bit of a waste to s- go in and think like, okay, we're going to make this big, huge $300 million film or however. Yeah. Cause like, we don't know yeah. what's going to happen. I think don't know, like, yeah, there could be happen. another outbreak. That's yeah. the thing. Like mm-hmm. it's. This is something that could be the new normal. Where are you willing to take the risk of of spending three hundred million on a movie and not seeing a return and not seeing a return for another year and a half, two years because there's a, there's another outbreak, a pandemic. I yeah. mean, something can can happen, and yeah, it's it's a big risk. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I I think we might start seeing like some smaller small here. smaller yeah. budgets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might start hedging their bets and start. You know, producing smaller pictures and you know trying to make sure that they don't get caught out there with mm-hmm. a with a this big investment that they can't get any money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like it, this is all giving everybody, no matter what business you're in, but like especially with the film industry, like it's it's definitely giving a lot of people something to think about because yeah, I mean, this is one pandemic, right? And we don't know what's gonna happen. There there could be more. You know, I mean, we've been, you, we kind of tend, I think, especially in the United States, we haven't, you know, been used to having something like this outbreak happen in the United States. Because we're used to having competent so leadership and in I the United States. And I was getting States. to that, yes, <laughs> that we've, we, we've had somebody who could, you know, lead us in past years who would, you know, make the right decisions in terms of, uh making sure we're on the right course yeah. to avoid what we're going through right now, right? Do you remember when we had SARS and like two hundred thousand people died? Yeah. No, that didn't happen. Yeah. I know. I mean, I mean no, sorry, like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you're I'm saying yes, yeah. I remember SARS. Because, yeah, right. Because Obama shut it down before it got Same with bad. Ebola. <laughs> Same with Ebola. Like yeah. two Zika? people two people died in <laughs> Africa from Ebola that were like American citizens and then the Republicans were like 
Obama is a terrible leader because people are dying because of Ebola. Yeah, not one person in the U.S. died of Ebola. Yeah, but, and they remember Zika? And the whole Zika thing, like, yeah. I mean, the Zika, you know, the mosquitoes everywhere, and they're like, oh my gosh. Cause, no, because the people in charge mm-hmm. made sure it didn't get so bad. Yeah, exactly. And I think we in the United States, we, I think for many, many, many years, decades, we have taken for granted uh, some of the, the the perks, I guess you can say, of having, you know, somebody in charge that you, maybe you didn't agree with every single policy because obviously we've had Republicans in the, in, in the presidency in the past. But I think we have gotten to the point where we're so, you know, um, uh, complacent, if that's the word, with like leadership in the sense that like we don't worry about certain things here even despite like having somebody in the present not now but like in the past like in the past we've had leaders like yeah like you may not agree with their politics whatever whether it be obama or clinton or bushes whatever but it was kind of like yo but they but we had some sort of feeling of safety there where we knew yeah we they weren't gonna Right. Like, yeah, they might, some... they were at the very bare minimum competent and, yeah. and cared about making sure people in this country didn't die. You exactly. Know? It exactly. Is, it's kind of like I, I I I will use this analogy, although it's an imperfect analogy. Like, let's say there's something wrong with you, where you know you you have. I mean, let's say you, you, you have, like, arthritis, for example. Mm-hmm. You take medicine for arthritis to stop the pain. Yeah. And then every time... And so as long as you keep taking that medicine for arthritis, you don't have pain in your hand. Right. But then you... What if you decided, you know what? I don't have any pain in my hand. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need this medicine anymore. <laughs> and then you stop taking it, and mm-hmm. then your hand starts hurting again. It's like, yeah, the medicine was stopping you from having the pain in the first right. place. And that's kind of, like, how I feel about this whole, like... Yeah, I know leadership situation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you didn't notice all the stuff that happened and all the things, <laughs> and we were pre- relatively safe. Is because people were doing what they were supposed to do, right? To make sure, we were make safe. sure, and, make sure, and make safe. sure you didn't have to worry, right? And you it. took and you took it for granted. Yeah. You thought this was like a normal. It's like, no, that's what's saving your lives yeah. right now. Now that you took away those, uh, you know, the good things, the 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 the, the competent leadership and and competent people running things. Mm-hmm. Now you're suffering. It's like, why am I suffering? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, it, it's like um, I, I think like we we're just going to have to do things in general very different here on out. I think that's what uh, the movie industry will will have to realize, because, yeah, like this, I think this experience, this experience, this this whole pandemic is is so eye opening you know, because there have been pandemics in the past. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of us were not alive for them, but it's 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 eye opening because, like, I hope it makes a lot of people realize like the things that we've done. So maybe this will make the the things that we've done and things that we've been doing in terms of our just general everyday lives. But like specifically with all kinds of industries and so with the entertainment industry, like hopefully this will be kind of an awakening for them. Like maybe, just maybe, Mm -hmm. we don't need $300 million movies. You know what I mean? Like maybe we can have a great entertaining movie (laughs) for 
50 million. I don't know. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't know what's and, a big difference to the, I don't know, you know, the entertainment industry better than I do. So I don't know what they feel is like, okay, we can, we, we don't have to spend this amount of money. We can spend this amount of money yeah. and get a similar effect. Right. And, and to your point about like innovation, like, and, and it's not just the budget I think is going to change. I think how we make oh, yeah. movies how you make, yeah. is, is going to change significantly. Absolutely. Where, we have the technology now, just like the technology is allowing a lot of people in America to to work from home. Like right. they, they they are lucky enough to have jobs that allow them to work, uh-huh. you know, from home remotely right. without having to go into an office to right. help you know flatten this curve we got going on. The technology technological advances have occurred in in the industry that allows them to kind of make movies remotely. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I yeah, I'm thinking of. You know, as an ex- as an example of that, like this is a more of a television um, television example, but with like Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. on CBS All Access, that was even though they never announced a, a a premiere date, it was actually supposed to premiere earlier in 2020. Mm-hmm. But when the pandemic hit, they were still doing post production work, which is they were doing all the sound and the mm-hmm. visual effects, right? and editing and things like that. And because they had to switch to an all-remote um, process for getting all that stuff done, mm-hmm. they had you know, they had to push back the premiere, and now it's going to premiere later on in 2020. Right. But because uh, of that, they're, they're working remotely using technology. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know, all movies and television, most of them, they go through this you know, post-production of ADR, um, recording, which is like basically automated dialogue replacement, where the actors, if if when they originally filmed something, the actors, um, you know, you couldn't hear them when you when they first filmed them. There's like maybe some ambient noise or something like that. So they mm-hmm. have the actors come back into a studio and re-record some of their lines to make sure it comes out clearer mm-hmm. for you know when they're finishing the product, the movie or the television show. So what I've read is some some. You know, companies, uh, production companies are actually doing that process via FaceTime. Like the actors don't come into a studio; they're like at home or wherever they are, okay. and they're just doing it via computer. Mm-hmm. And I just think more of that is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, also, like visual effects, like mm-hmm. instead of going to, you know, these exotic locales, which obviously you want people to go to exotic locales, but there, I, I think there's, you know more of a push to start doing things where you kind of have two different crews where if you want to shoot um, a movie that's set in Spain somewhere or a show that the people there will be one set of crew in Spain that will shoot the the locale the location shots and you know all the the, the mountains and the hills and the buildings right. and then over back in America you have people in front of a green screen mm-hmm. and they would just tie that and tie that stuff together rather than sending an entire crew right. over to Spain because of travel restrictions because you're trying to keep the crew small because of covid right. so i think that's something that we might see more of of in, yeah. in the future and it's not just necessarily like an action movie or sci-fi film. I mean, we might see any any film where it's like we need to limit the the size of the crew, we need to limit travel, so we got to find a creative way to finish making this. I think in a way this is going to be kind of like what happened after the recession and businesses, companies that had like 
let's say companies had like 10,000 employees and they ended up having to lay off, you know, like, I don't know, like half, <laughs> that's a big number, but like just say half, but they realize like, hey, guess what? We, we can do the same work um, with less. Now that may not have pleased the people who still were there because maybe that meant them taking on more responsibilities. But I think a lot of companies probably end up hiring back some people, or I should just say hiring, you know, just hiring again. Um, but some people didn't, you know, some people just maintain that, you know, a company, a smaller company size. So, you know, they, they just realize like we didn't have to do all this. And obviously companies love that because that means they spend less money <laughs> on their employees. So I kind of think in a way like this is going to happen with the industry, with the entertainment industry. They're going to realize like, hey, we don't have to go on like a location shoot or whatever we can do things differently right um we don't have to spend that money we can spend it towards more advertising marketing the movie or whatever um we you know we can spend it for other things do you think another approach uh, in addition to like a lot of this remote work is a bubble now tyler mm. perry created a bubble he was right. pretty much the first major pr production to get back to work during covid where mm -hmm. he planned uh set up a bubble because he, he owns his own studio and Mm -hmm. in Georgia, right. and he has the facilities where I mean, it, it, it's very impressive the, the how much work went into it. It's kind of like the NBA bubble where they brought on everyone who's going to be working on his television shows, mm -hmm. actors, crew, and everything, brought them, had them quarantined, tested, mm -hmm. um, had them stay on site at the studio, and, gives, and gave people frequent tests, and then came through and, and pretty much shut you know locked down the studio right where everyone who was working on these particular shows you know you can't come and go you come and you know, they shot like a grip load mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. of episodes in like a, a four or five week period like apparently they shot like 80 episodes <laughs> mm. of of one of his show I don't, I don't know if it's 80 it was it was more like it was, it was a substantial number. It may have been yeah. like 50 or 60 episodes of one show mm -hmm. in like a two, three week period, which is which is insane, insane mm -hmm. pace. There's no way there's any quality control going on right there. But it looks like it, it may have been successful where he was able to get a lot of products completed without having, it doesn't seem like there's too many COVID mm -hmm. situations Right. Uh, or a COVID positive COVID test among the cast and crew, and he was able to get done what he needed to get done for for the most part. Mm -hmm. Do you think that? I don't think a bubble will work for everybody. Yeah, at, um, I don't think so. As, as like it, it works for him because, like I said, he owns the whole studio, so he has this whole vertical integration thing going. Right. Also. Let's be honest. Tyler Perry does not care about quality or quality <laughs> control, so he's going to shoot. You know. 40 50 pages of script in one day which is like insane for like a television show you know mm -hmm. a typical television drama takes about seven or eight days to shoot mm -hmm. you know and 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 half hour shows about the same amount if it's a studio audience show they practice for a few days do rehearsals and then mm -hmm. they'll shoot all in one day he's doing like so much work there's no way he cares about quality and quality is not going to happen and i think other studios and other production companies 
they, they probably care a little bit yeah, more about quality. So yeah, I don't think shoot like a that. bubble will work. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, like, no, I'm just, like, looking at this thing. Like, yeah, he so he tested, like, 377 actors and crew members um, for the show that he does with BT, The, the Oval. And, um, yeah, like, basically, I, you know, yeah, he did this whole, like, bubble thing and... Um, yeah, I guess that worked out for him. Like, nobody came back positive. Um, yeah, so I think that, like, for certain things, it could work. Sure. I think for certain um, shows, it could work. I think, if anything, it would work for a movie, right? Because movies right. tend to be kind of like More their self, own bubble. And they kind of take yeah. that, what, two-month period or maybe three-month period, you know, depending on the film, obviously, like... To go somewhere, you go on location, um, provided again, it's not like a multi-location type of situation. You know, they just go, you know, like take take a movie that wants to film in Toronto or, or Vancouver or something like that. And they just go there for two months and everybody's in one hotel or whatever. And you right. just hunker down and everybody gets tested and... Yeah, yeah so I, I think, think you can do that. But it, it becomes more sure. complicated going back to our original point of if it's a bigger budget movie, though. If mm-hmm. we're talking about a, a huge well, yeah, action you movie, you, there are literally thousands of people who work on these things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of location shoots. and Because and, also, since Tyler Perry is working in studio and at his spot, he, he can have control over the environment. Like... You know, right. everyone's shooting like right in the in these particular sound stages, but a lot of films right. do actual location shoots outside on the streets and right. things like that, or other other buildings that aren't studio set, mm-hmm. and then you have less control there. There's more risk of infection or uh, you know cross contamination or what what have you with with other people. So mm-hmm. a, a, especially if you're doing a big budget like action movie or sci fi film, so you really need to. You know, think about a, a smaller film. It might be more possible, uh, ease more easily. Uh, you can get that accomplished, I guess. Mm-hmm. What yeah. I mean, what do you think? Because I, I think I mean, with movies, I mean, it's, it might be. I think it's a, a paradigm shift in, in how movies are done. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? television because right about i mean what is it yeah it's like august now typically television shows on the on the broadcast network for fall premieres they start shooting in july yeah beginning in july mid-july in july is usually when they start shooting and then you know they're premiering like late september of october but because mm-hmm. of the shutdown there's still many shows that haven't yeah, even started, started. production anymore right and like what's going to happen now like are they going to push i mean in the fall are we going to see a lot of shows that usually come on not come on. Is it going to be right. a bunch of reruns? Like what? I don't know. Well, I'm assuming like yeah, at this point because it's it's like the end of August basically. It's like almost the end of August, and yeah, people who haven't started shooting um, because I would think at this point in time, well, maybe in the next week or so, you would start seeing advertisements for stuff coming back in September. Because right. I I remember from being a long time Grey's Anatomy fan. Grey's Anatomy used to always premiere around my birthday. So it would always come back like September 25th, September 26th, around that time. So it's like a month out from now. So I'm just thinking like those shows and and then like other shows that, you know, come on around, you know, that are on the same network, ABC, and come out around the same time. Like, yeah, I mean, you would probably be in the next, like I said, like maybe a couple of weeks be here, be seeing advertisements for like, you know, these shows. 
So I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, you probably will see some reruns at first, but then I'm still thinking, like, well, when are they going to start sh- shooting? Though? Right. I mean, at this point, I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I mean, do you push back, like, all the scheduling? Well, I think well, like, some, some, some networks are going to get creative. Well, cause I yeah. think Fox licensed, like, the first season of that LA's Finest show, which is a spinoff of Bad Boys with yeah. Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. Mm-hmm. The first season already came on on the what Spectrum, Spectrum network. network. But, and the second season has been shot for Spectrum, but they haven't, yeah. you know, released it yet. But I'm thinking, with, you know, you might find company, uh, networks doing what Fox did. It's like, okay, we're going to license a show mm-hmm. that's, that hasn't been widely seen yet. On our, our, our network. Right. So it'll go to like these alternative like other networks or maybe go to like Canada mm. yeah. or some other countries and license shows to kind of like fill that gap. Right. Because they're going to have to have new aver- uh, new uh, programming. They're going to have advertisers. Like well, where advertisers going to advertise is like there's no, mm, no this, programming. Yeah. So I think you're going to find some networks are getting a little bit more creative with that. I think we might have an influx of reality shows i mean mm. you would think that oh that's funny steven because all we do have is reality shows yeah but i that's think it's gonna I get said. i think it's gonna get even <laughs> more notes. reality shows yeah i said that in my notes i'm like uh we already have like a lot of reality shows but being that so many networks now are owned by like one larger company we what if we start seeing some reality shows that are usually on like bravo come on NBC, yeah, you know, like on network TV, yeah, like you know, I mean, they started doing that like a long time ago. I don't know if they still do it because I don't watch, you know, like daytime TV on the weekends. But I remember at one point, I mean, this may be as far back as like ten years ago that I'm thinking of it, but they had like the housewives coming on during the day on like Saturdays. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they. I don't think it was a long. You know, I don't think they did it for a long time, but they had the housewives. I think like the OC Housewives, like the first season of OC Housewives and like the first season of other ones come on uh, like NBC, like during the day, like on Saturday morning, something like that, like 11 or something like that. So, I mean, that could be a possibility because there's tons. Yeah, they're they're going to have to fill that program. And that's that's a way, a quick and easy way to do it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. and then that's going to mean we're going to get some crazy reality shows because they, because of filming, <laughs> like they're going to be what shot. Everybody's going to be at home, like, you know, like in their backyards. Like, it's like, what are they going to do? Um, so, yeah, going to be like Saturday Night Live filming at home, like type of stuff. Yeah. I or mean, like that 30 Rock special. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're probably just going to take the old reality shows that people haven't seen much of throw them on mm-hmm. television, then try to, yeah, like you said, get some new ones shot in people's backyards with a small crew of five folks. Right. And, but I, and I, yeah. I forgot to bring it up, but let's go back to movies. Mm-hmm. Are, cause there's a lot of product already c- completed. Like a lot of films that sure. already finished their production, but they're just like sitting on the shelves. Yeah, waiting to go. Waiting right. to go. How much, like, what do you think about like streaming? Mm, like coming straight to video. Like how many? Empathy, straight to yeah. Streaming. Like how yeah. many? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how many? Mo- are we going to see more movies go straight to streaming services now? Because a, a couple did. Like I think the yeah. Trolls movie did back in like March yeah. or April, and then Disney announced a few weeks ago that Mulan was going to streaming, and 
And I know they that it hurt them to do that because yeah. that was slated to make a lot of money at the box office, and there's no way they're gonna recoup their money because <sighs> yeah, I mean I think they're gonna they said they're gonna charge thirty bucks for Mulan. Yeah. It's like the even if a million people mm-hmm. Disney Plus subscribers, a million people bought that, which is still being like I think a million is just being very uh, very generous in the estimate. Yeah, that's still only well, for what. Thirty dollars a pop. That's still thirty million dollars, right? That ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. Based yeah. on what they, because I don't even know what they spent on that movie. Oh, they spent a couple hundred million. Couple hundred, yeah. But even course, then, okay. but I think they said something like Disney Plus has a lot of subscribers, like fifty million subscribers. So let's say it's more than me. Let's say let's give them fifteen million. Fifteen million subscribers. So half of those, yeah. That's still only four hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen. That's still four hundred fifty million, and. That's still only in the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Like that movie is probably expected to to get a billion dollars worldwide mm-hmm. at the box office, and if it only got 450 million, that's like you know they're they're missing out on you know 55 percent of their possible re- revenue. And are we gonna see as as this thing keeps going longer? Are we gonna see other big films go go to streaming? Because right now, I mean, Bond is still tentatively scheduled to come out in November. I think the same thing for Black Widow, October or November. I mean, how long do, can the can the studios sit on these films yeah. before they say, well, we're just going to have to try to get some money back. <laughs> we'll just drop it on streaming services. The thing is, yeah, like, oh, man, like, just thinking about that, though, because it's, it's, it's going to be the same, the problem with just saying, let's put it on a streaming service, like, everybody doesn't have said you know, streaming service. Like, I'm sure a lot of families, like with Mulan, I'm sure a lot of families got Disney Plus. Well, right? when I, and I say streaming service for these, I mean more like like video on demand. So there's a lot more options for video on demand. Like, you don't need Netflix or okay. Hulu or Amazon. Video on demand is like, yeah. you know, you can pull it up on your cable box. Yeah, and, okay, or something like that would be like, that would, make, yeah. that would make sense. Um, yeah, as long as they don't put it on some specific service. But yeah, like, but um, what was I gonna say? Like, I think that yeah, you probably will see some lower budget films doing doing that for sure. Um, other films that are like you know like Black Widow or Bond, I really don't think they want to pull a Mulan. I really don't think they want to do that. I think they feel like it should be. I mean, you see how Tenet, you know, he is like, no, you need to see this in the theater. I mean, that, that, and you know, and I I know it's and a I, and I feel like, yeah, some I, movies, I, I, I will wait, if, you know? if I think if Warner Brothers had their choice, I mean, obviously they wanted theaters, but I think Warner Brothers as a company was thinking, like, look, 90% of the movie theaters in this country are closed. Yeah. We can't release this movie. And I'm sure Christopher, but they have to keep Christopher Nolan happy. Christopher Nolan's probably like, no, I want to be the number one movie out. I want to make sure this goes to theaters. You, you would not release this to you know home home video on demand like i feel like nolan without any like inside knowledge of course i'm just speculating but i just think like he was like forcing them to like you know force this movie through like we're gonna we're gonna push through and and release this film at the end of the day though he doesn't have that power you don't think christopher nolan has that power He's just a director. He's a director who's made billions of dollars for but Warner he's Brothers. he's still just a director. He, he don't just, run the company. <laughs> no, he doesn't run the company. But if you want to keep him happy and keep him making movies for you, I mean, every single one of his movies have made a billion dollars since, since like, Batman Begins. 
every movie he's made for that company is made like a billion dollars worldwide or close to a billion dollars worldwide. Like he he makes them a lot of money, so they're gonna they're gonna defer to him and they're gonna like let him okay. do whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> Trust me. So even though he doesn't run the company, it's like okay, do you want to still be in the Christopher Nolan business? Because he say he'll say I'll take I'll, I'll take my work over to to, to Sony. Oh, okay. I, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with you about yeah. it. I I like totally agree with you, but like it would be really interesting if that's the case because that's like. Man, you're just feeding on this dude's ego then. Like, you might be out yeah, like... It's Hollywood. <laughs> like, you might be like... Well, clearly, yeah, that's how it always is. And it's like, I, I would be really surprised if they would want to risk, like, losing a lot of money, like, to feed this guy's ego. Yeah, you know? I mean, like, they're, they're in be... a tough position. It's, it's, it's really tough position like yeah you yeah you would think that you don't have, but it's hollywood like stranger things that happen they feed people's egos all the time yeah. in hollywood I mean, sometimes yeah. to their own detriment as a company yeah you know? yeah i mean giving people who the the billions of dollars to direct to make direct a movie whatever and it's crap <laughs> it's like you know right it happens, it happens like, all, all the time. time yeah yeah right so um yeah, so anyway, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we will see more straight... Well, I say, like, yeah, smaller movies, sure, straight to streaming might be the way to go. But, like, I don't know if the bigger movies will succumb to that because, you know, again, I, I, I agree with the sense of, like, there are certain movies for sure that you, you just need to see it on a big screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely, you need yeah. that opportunity because obviously everybody doesn't get to the theater when certain things are out. Like there was something, what was that? Ad Astra. We ended up watching that on TV, but I wanted to see that in the theater because it was like, you know, in outer space. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so amazing on the big screen. And then we didn't get a chance. Well, I did. I want to see it. Um, didn't get a chance to see it. But like, yeah, like certain certain movies for sure. Like Black Widow, like, yeah, I want to see the Bond. Yeah, I want to see that in the theater. Like, I will wait. Like, it, I will wait. <laughs> yeah. So. And I was willing to wait for Tenet, but then Alamo sent us an email saying, <laughs> hey, we're going to throw it up on a drive in next to the theater. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, so I'll go drive see in. It. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll why see not? It. I mean, drive in is not the optimal experience, uh, you know, as opposed to being in the theater. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the video quality or the, the image quality is not going to be the same. The audio quality is not going to be the same. Right. But, hey, if, if I could watch Tenet safely, and yeah. legally, uh, I'm gonna it's go gonna see be it. nice on a bigger screen than our TV, honestly. right? So that's like what, yeah, I think, yeah, if people can do some drive in situations, and that may be something you know, kind of going back to what will theaters do, um, and all this, like it will be really interesting to see, um, the innovations they will come up with in order to make or in order to show movies, um, safely, you know. Yeah, because we are lucky that the theater that we usually go to, they got a driving situation popping, so we're like, "Cool, <laughs> let's do it." Yeah, and at this, I think this is this has shown that innovation is necessary. I mean, it goes mm-hmm. beyond movies, but we we've talked about before um, between you and I, like how restaurant. It took like a pandemic for some restaurants to like 
change how they do things. Right. Like, now you got restaurants up the wazoo doing online food, yeah. ordering and delivering. Some creating and, an online situation. Right, some, like, creating, some didn't even have like good, online right, ordering. They didn't have any of that. They didn't have online order. They didn't yeah. have curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have like all these different innovations. Right. And I'm like, so you could have done this before. <laughs> right. You just chose not yeah, to. Yeah. Exactly. Only when your hand was forced by a pandemic mm-hmm. that's killed like millions of people did you say hey maybe we should do something a little bit different you know right. innovate to, to help do yeah. our product you know yeah i mean this is yeah just to quickly go along with that just seeing how some restaurants have have taken to uh like doing groceries you know providing groceries i mean that was really like amazing to see that because yeah in the beginning you didn't want to go to the grocery store people were like uh is that safe and you know, just being around like people shopping or whatever. But, you know, these, um, some of these, I think some of these restaurants had to do it because of just having their own supply of food and they, you know, didn't want it to go bad. But yeah, like let's, let's sell some of this stuff. Like let's, you know, um, try to save, you know, unfortunately a lot of restaurants have closed, but, you know, it was a good way to try to save their restaurants and help their, you know, their wait staff, servers and other employees. Um, out by at least trying to do that so um, I think movies theaters will definitely I'm I'm interested to see what they will end up doing so we've got like the drive-in situation starting to pop up and um, yeah I don't I don't know besides you know one of the things I was thinking that they would probably do is um, start showing movies like multiple movies that they maybe typically wouldn't show on multiple screens you know especially smaller movies they may have to show on multiple screens so that they can have people not too many people in the theater and they can distance right you might see more of that and then that might mean there's going to be less movies less Less, different movies at a particular theater right instead of having eight different movies they may only have four different movies because they have to spread them out through right across different auditoriums and so with smaller theaters you know like we went to some smaller theaters in new york when we lived there and you know that's going to be hard for them to do something like that. But, you know, all these others that have like 20 screen, you know, whatever, you know, that's something that, you know, they can definitely look into doing um, and have, you know, not only that many screens, but then, you know, they got these huge stadium, <laughs> stadium size, you know, um, auditoriums. auditoriums, right. So, yeah, smaller theaters, you know, might be hurt by doing something like that. But I say this, it's either make, some money <laughs> or no money or no money yeah you know it's, it's it's that means the difference between like shutting your theater down completely you know i don't know um you may have to let some people go but i don't know i don't know what's going to be their priorities you know yeah i mean definitely the entertainment industry is going to change because of covid mm-hmm. um Another thing, I'm going to move on if you don't mind, is I think the entertainment industry is going to change in some respects um, after the the George Floyd murder. Yeah. Because with the George Floyd murder and the the uprisings and protests, um, there's been more so than ever a microscope or a spotlight on on the treatment of, of people of color and other marginalized groups in this country by the power structure, by the police. There's more of a spotlight on police tactics, police funding, police departments, the things that they do in cities and, mm-hmm. and other law enforcement. And 
you know, and also it is it's, it's funny because when the when the protest started, I'm sure everyone else noticed how it got to the point where there were all these companies mm-hmm. who are doing this like Black Lives Matter, you know, they right. believe in Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, and they started doing all the, you know, all these uh, painting these logos. Um, mm-hmm. On the put on their websites and making these statements and making right. donations to, to social justice causes, right. and it was like they felt like guilty for like treatment of black people for the past four hundred years. Right. It's like, oh wow, these black folks are really mad. Like mm-hmm. they're what they're they're really they're really mad. Huh? <laughs> Let, let's, let's, I, oh wow, we should probably do something right. about it. Like I didn't realize they were this angry. Right, you know. So like, and that kind of like. I'm wondering if that's going to spill into entertainment mm. and and how mm-hmm. you know entertainment product going forward. Right. Like, I mean, what, what do you think? Because I mean, it's affected everything. It's affected like you know business and how they they they're hiring more diversity people and they're like I said, they're doing mm-hmm. all these advertisements and websites and making statements and, and donating money. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's going to roll over to entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Like I think once we start seeing new stuff being made, uh, whenever that will be, (laughs) Um, yeah, I think there will definitely be that push to really diversify. I mean, we kind of start seeing it with the Oscar so um, white um, movement, if you will, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You started kind of seeing it but not really seeing it like in a thoughtful way. It was like maybe, okay, let's put some more black people in here or some people of color so that we don't look shady and don't we don't look, you know, we don't come out looking bad. You know, it was just for optics. Yeah, it was for optics yeah. and yeah, just token So now gestures. with everything going on, I think you still will see some people putting out some things for optics, but I'm hoping it, it, it will be like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I think of like, <laughs> does this mean, this is so random, but it, it just came to my mind. I'm like, does this mean like Woody Allen's going to finally put a black person <laughs> in this film? Probably not. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, I think certain people are going to do what they do. Yeah. And yeah, Woody you know, it's not going to no black folks. Yeah. Man. Not it's like, mm, not, you know, but like other, yeah. It might hit other people, him maybe not, but I think like, um, yeah, I think we are going to see a change and I'm, I'm hoping it will be a thoughtful change. Yeah, I think, I, I, I definitely think it's going to go beyond just the obvious of, of it's going to be just more, you know, more black actors and, and roles right. or, or black actors and performers getting an opportunity for um, roles and and films and television that they never had before. Mm-hmm. But I also think I, I think it's as part of we've already kind of been going in that direction lately since yeah. Oscar So White, mm-hmm. and I think part of it, honestly, I would say it really started, in my opinion, I and mean, people might disagree, but I think some of this really started with Get Out. Uh, mm. Jordan Peele making Get Out, where it was mm-hmm. a surprise. Hit. It was a surprise to other people, not to me, because I did. We did a podcast on that. Yeah. I went to go see a preview of it. You didn't go. Yeah. But when I went to go see a preview, and the movie theater was packed, and like the crowd went wild during that movie, and I just thought, wow, this movie is going to be a hit. Uh-huh. I just knew it was going to be a hit. Yeah. And then it came out like two weeks later, and then mm-hmm. boom, it did like thirty million the first weekend. Okay, hit. 
And I started, I, I, and I think it started with him because then it, Hollywood took notice. Uh-huh. Like he made a movie, uh, a, a horror movie thriller, uh, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that you know starred a, a a black man, but also touched on you know racism and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I mean, it was, it was the the thematic foundation of that of that movie, right? And then since then, I think you've gotten more and more stuff like that. I mean, he made Us, yeah. which is like an, another movie, and Us made a ton of money too. And then mm-hmm. Hollywood took notice. Yeah. And I think you see it when something like Watchmen, even though the Watchmen's showrunner is a white man, but Watchmen had a diverse uh, writing room. Mm-hmm. The staff writers were diverse. I mean, I think half of them were people of color. Okay. And you can see in the end product where that was a show that really. You know, it had black actors in the roles, and it it touched on a lot of themes, and 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 brought a lot of information to people who did not know about the treatment of black folks. You right. know, there's a lot of allegory there, a lot of metaphors, yeah. and obviously, and the big thing was like the Tulsa race riot, right, or Tulsa massacre rather, mm-hmm. that they de- depicted in the first episode, and right. a lot of people had no idea that had happened. No idea. And I mean, I'm but, like, but there are black people who didn't know. Those black people didn't know either. But you I'm know, like, wow. there's a lot of white folks. that's like, oh, what? <laughs> And I think yeah. that, and I think that's kind of like the progression. Like we're going to see more stuff like that because even yes. before Watchmen came out, mm-hmm. Lovecraft Country was greenlit and mm-hmm. and was on its way to uh, was being shot around the same time that the Watchmen like premiered on TV, mm-hmm. and you know that stuff happened you know, before Watchmen. So it's kind of like it yeah. was already going that direction. It's like Watchmen didn't get Lovecraft Country greenlit. It was like we're already going in that direction with right. some of these shows, right? And I just think the George Floyd thing is going to, like, accelerate that. That coupled with the success of, like, shows like Watchmen and and uh, Lovecraft Country where Hollywood is finally taking notice. Like, wow, like, there are shows that are being written and directed and produced by people of color mm-hmm. that are well done and have a, you know, a mass following as well that are commercial right. successes. And I just think the the George Floyd thing, like don't ex- say thing, no murder. The George Floyd murder. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was thinking more of the thing as in all the protests. This whole okay. this whole environment yes. that was created by yes. by that was. Yes. Um, I don't want to think anybody. We weren't minimizing George Floyd's murder no. by saying a thing. No, but the, go, but the whole yeah the, yes. the, the the whole groundswell that happened with with everything the protests and the murder right it's. It's created more of an opportunity, and I think we're going to see more stuff done by black people. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure that. Yeah, like behind the scenes, yes, I, I would definitely suspect that we will see more uh, black directors, um, writers, um, you know, get some opportunities. And I think we are seeing that. You know, it's like with with every point in history where we make... I'm trying to find the right words. When we make noise, you know, like like we make, we're out here as black people making good trouble, right? Um, it, I don't, I hope it's not, I don't think it will be. I hope it's not short-lived. I hope it's not like in these next you know, few years, three to five years. That's that's such a short period to me, at least. I hope we don't just see, you know, a few, you know, people get, uh, 
um, opportunities, be black people or other people of color, um, get opportunities to direct, to make movies, to make TV shows, to write and all of this stuff. I hope um, it's not short lived and we go back, you know, we get too comfortable again because I feel like there's always that possibility. Hopefully this is like real change now moving forward, you know, so that's, yeah, but I would love to see that. And I, and I think we will see, we will see, I'm sure in the next few years, at least we're going to see, I think a big push to have more, you know, filmmakers, um, you know, what do you call somebody who makes TV? <laughs> TV makers? Well, I, I mean, I just, I, just, I just call them content creators. Content, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to see more. We will definitely see more of that um, for sure. Yeah, like you, I, I hope it's not like, yeah, I hope it's not short-lived and not just a situation where, okay, like we appeased them for a year yeah, or two. Yeah, right. So now let's get back to yeah, business Yeah, because, you usual. know, these heads of studios are all still mainly well, yeah. white men. Yeah, so I think I think what I think what helps is the the financial success that that's been happening recently, right? Like it, it, because now the the product being created is less of a niche product; it's more of wow, this thing has has mass appeal. Yes, I mean, like I said, Get Out and Us made over a hundred million dollars at the box office. Right. Watchmen's very successful. HBO mm-hmm. Lovecraft Country looks like they'd be that's very be successful. successful. Yeah, there's a lot of um product uh, or content that's on Netflix created by people of color. Mm-hmm. Avery DuVernay's made some uh, some things for Netflix. Right. Um, Spike Lee's done some stuff for them as far as shows. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's like, I, I think it is, I think it's going to be more than just a, a moment in time. I, I do yeah. think it's going to be more better sustained because mm-hmm. when, when the accolades come, as far as like the, the Emmy nominations came out a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of people were nominated for Emmys, yeah, right, people of exactly. color that weren't nominated before, and they're getting finally getting recognized by the industry, right. and that coupled with the commercial success means that, in my opinion, I think it's going to be a little bit longer. It's going to it's going to stick around a little bit right. longer than yeah. than in the past, where even though mm. something may have been a hit. Like a, a hit movie directed like a black person, it's like oh, they they Hollywood could brush it off as an anomaly. Oh, that yeah. that was just that one hit movie about drug dealers, and you know that that's it. We're not going to do anything else because mm-hmm. this guy hasn't proven that he can make movies other than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but uh, one thing I I am interested in, in in knowing, and I and I really I really can't call it at this point. I don't know if it's going to happen, but. I wonder because of the spotlight that's been shown on police departments and police behavior across this country. I mean, we knew about it, but <laughs> some of the mass, the masses out there didn't <laughs> the know about didn't, this, yeah. what the police have been doing. Right? Is are are we going to see less of quote unquote copaganda mm. in movies and television? Right. And the copaganda is like basically this uh, cop shows are the most popular. Um, shows, um, genre of shows in television, mm. and uh, and for good reason. I mean, because it has you know you have good action, it's action. you yeah, know has suspense, you know has stuff done. happening. And so the question is, are we? Because some of those cop shows, many of the cop shows, I guess people say, you know, 
perpetuate copaganda where yeah. it makes the cops all out to be heroes it normalizes yeah. some of the behavior of cops where cops mm-hmm. rough up suspects beat right. them up to get information out of them right. and then the cop is still you know treated as a hero by the audience and and by the characters in the show and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that it kind of normalizes the behavior where when it happens in real life people don't bat an eye mm-hmm. like that's that's not how it's supposed to happen right I right mean, I, I don't think I, mean, I I really don't know what's gonna happen. Like are we, are we gonna have less cop shows? Are we gonna have more nuanced cop shows where not every cop is a hero and we don't celebrate them doing mm-hmm. terrible things or even show mm-hmm. the bad stuff that cops do because it, what the protests have shown this year is like these cops are engaging in some yeah. grimy behavior. Yes. You know? I think that we yeah, I think that we will see um I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm like in the middle with cop shows just in general. So, so that, you know, I just put my own uh, thoughts about that out there, just so you know, um, audience, (laughs) you guys know. But, um, so for me personally, because I'm kind of like, you know, yeah, I've watched my share of cop shows, Law and Order and all those type of things. Um, but I've, I could, I'm take it or leave it. Like I, if, if, if network TV and even movies for that matter. But if network TV specifically decided not to sh- ever show a cop-based show again, I would not care. Wow. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't... no love for the cops. Because I'm not... It, I I don't know. Be, I guess because they're so run-of-the-mill to me. They're so... They're all the same. <laughs> There's nothing ever different or unique about them. Um, so I, I just feel like, eh, you know, I've seen that a million times already at this point in my life. So I, I could take it or leave if they wanted to, if they wanted to, like, let's say it like this, if they wanted to, if networks wanted to say, all right, we ain't going to produce no more cop shows for like a year. I'd be like, cool. Like, let's take a break. Like, we don't need that. We got a million. Thank you, Dick Wolf. We've got a million (laughs) cop shows to last us lifetimes. At least those of us who've been around for a minute. So yeah, I, I can say that. But I think in the future, uh, I would hope to see something a little bit more nuanced with cop shows. Yeah, a little bit more diverse than, yeah, like the cop comes in and roughs up the suspect or, you know, that whole thing. And yeah, like if you're going to do a cop show, let's like see, you know, seeing if you want to make something realistic, I guess, you know, it would be interested to, interesting to see um, a cop show that kind of reflected where we literally are today that there there are cops out there doing some shady stuff not just like with the typical tv stuff like oh this guy is like a crooked cop and he goes in and he's like taking a share of the drugs and the money type oh you of mean stuff. like the shield with vic Mackey? well there we go but... which was an awesome show by the way <laughs> i mean he was like he was a terrible <laughs> cop and he did terrible things but that that, that kind of goes to the your point where like he was a he was a he was a crooked cop, mm-hmm. but one thing they were able to do is he was a crooked cop who did all these dirty things. Yeah, but he also did good things, mm-hmm. and when he did the good things, he kind of became like an antihero. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, yeah, he may have shot this like drug dealer <laughs> and pinned it on somebody else, or he may have done something else. But he like what? saved that he saved that girl who was being you know sex trafficked. You know, right. so <laughs> he had some balance. Right, yeah. he had balance, but then I think that. The, the, Unfortunately, that and that's kind of insidious and kind of like gets people to think still to normalize and accept the behavior that of the cops. The behavior is right that that's okay because it's like they're or... justified in in doing stuff. Right. I guess I'm just like cut from a different cloth because I'm someone who watched 
you know, I've been watching all yeah, kinds of shows of my things. entire life. Yeah, cop shows. Yeah. I was watching Miami Vice at eight years old, all right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember watching the first episode of Miami Vice. <laughs> but when you watch something like that so young and, like, over the years, you know, that's what, what for for me, I'm like, I've, I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it all. You know, yeah, I didn't I mean, watch The Shield, but I've seen every kind of cop or cop adjacent, like, detective type shows i don't right. know if we can really count those but you know because there are some that are strictly more like detective type um but like yeah there's like i, I never watched rookie blue but yeah i've seen a little bit of nypd uh blue mm-hmm. and gosh what else is there there's so many and i can't think of them but yeah i i just feel like they are just so the same i mean i'm watching lucifer and it has a cop aspect to it like this whole like you know solving crimes aspect and i'm like oh i hate this part but yeah i just i just feel like they're meh to me at this point yeah i mean there are the same there's not much of a twist that you can put 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 to cop shows yeah but what i was gonna say is like i guess i'm cut from a, a different cloth because i am someone who is able to separate fact from fiction i know it's crazy it's a crazy concept that is so crazy but i understand the stuff that happens on cop shows and and movies and stuff is different what happens or should happen in real life yes i can watch a cop show where Mm -hmm. a cop is beating up a suspect or you know the cop is like shooting recklessly at a car at a suspect as they drive away and they're just shooting up with a machine gun and stuff like that (laughs) because i just like you know i like action i like to see stuff like that but on the other hand i am a mature intelligent adult and i know that's not supposed to happen in real life Mm -hmm. and i and 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 when that does happen in real life when things happen when when people are being killed and abused and and brutalized by the police and and police engage in other criminal behavior and trying to railroad people and things like that i understand that is wrong as well and then (laughs) i will speak out against it Mm -hmm. but i guess the problem is there are people who don't who are incapable of separating tv from real life so when you have this copaganda stuff on where the cops are doing engaging this bad behavior Mm -hmm. there are people who or 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 when cops are 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 deified and think treat as they're the greatest uh, you know, thing, and they're they're here to serve, and they they do the right thing every single time mm. on these cop shows. There are people who take that as fact, and they think, "Oh, this is true. This is what cops do," and they're not able to to distinguish that from from real life. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. I mean, in a sense, though, you know, we get you know entertainment or fantasy, if you will, um, gets uh, the art. Let me say it like that: the art you know, does imitate life and vice versa. It's a cycle, right? It's a circle. So just as you would have people, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not, dis- I'm not, um, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I'm not disputing, but I'm just saying like for other people, like, it's kind of like, yeah, like there are people who think that way because it's, it's like, well, where else do you get this? basis for these shows like for or for let me say a character where else do you get the basis for a cop you got to know you got to get something to to make the show to make the character so you you look at and kind of see in real life what do you see i mean we've watched i'm sure everybody who's our age at least has watched a few episodes or more of, of the reality show cops you know right so we've seen 
cops chase down people and run after a suspect and hop over fences and then like you get this guy and you grab him and you throw him down we've seen like the reality mm-hmm. if you will if, if we want to call that reality <laughs> i don't know maybe cops is making up stuff at this point well it's, they won't be anymore i guess but yeah like you know we've seen we've seen that in quote-unquote reality a reality show so now like the tv shows are like okay well this is kind of what this is what they do and they go with it and obviously they exaggerate it but yeah i get how people can kind of get desensitized to what it really means i think i think that's what i want to use they kind of they just kind of think that oh yeah that that's what cops do it's kind of like how people think lawyers you can speak to this yeah <laughs> people who, who like look at law shows and think that's how the law works it's like no i know and that's you like know? a pet peeve of mine as it's, someone who who is uh you know has a law degree and, and knows a little bit about the law and how things work in court mm-hmm. and how things work in the criminal justice system mm-hmm. and then sometimes when i see stuff i'm like oh my gosh that's not how it really is like why why this is so silly you yeah. know some like sometimes for this for the sake of I guess it's to the point. For the sake of of entertainment value and and, and getting across the points they're trying to make, liberties are taken. I understand liberties are taken, shortcuts are are made, but sometimes there are situations where I'm like, okay, this is really, this is nowhere (laughs) near like real life. You could have gotten to the point that you're trying trying to make without like, I don't know, completely like bastardizing what what really happens in, 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 in legal industry or legal work, you know? Right. And I guess that that can happen with with police's uh, police shows as well, cop shows. Like there's there's ways that like you can get this concept across without mm-hmm. like just being completely disingenuous and just mm-hmm. have you know, taking cr- such creative liberties where yes. it's like, you know, yes. well, why am I watching this? This is this is ridiculous. This is what yeah. happened in real life. Yeah, but they're like you were saying, like they're just people who just think that well, that's. Yeah, that's how it is. And and then if you do have these real and there has been more than just cops. I should have mentioned that too, because I used to watch the the was it the police women of whatever it was various counties, it was like Dallas. Yeah. What was it? The like police? Broward County. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they had another one, Maricopa County. I was in Arizona and then yeah, they had spin-off. There was a Tennessee one too. I used to I don't know why I love those shows. I like I was so into those shows, but like watching and those shows, funny enough, weren't even nearly as like, I think, dare I say, over the top as cops, like the original like cop shows, like they did not encounter nearly as many suspects where they they're chasing someone. It seemed like they always had like these like domestic disputes. So it's kind of like if that was if that's what you take away like watching reality shows of cops if that's kind of what i took away is like oh you know cop what they're really doing isn't what they isn't really like what you see on tv like fake fake shows made up shows fiction like then like where do we get this like this concept of of police on tv shows where it's just they're just doing the most you know yeah. what i mean i think it's this, this entertainment factor they just yeah just i mean a lot of stuff is like you know people don't realize a lot, sometimes like there are screenwriters who because they always say you know as an author and if you're writing a, a novel or stories or something they always say like write what you know, write what right? You know right but but there are plenty but of people who, who in hollywood who don't <laughs> write what they know like right. someone just says hey i want to write a show about cops that person wasn't a former cop. A cop most likely most no, likely they weren't a cop, cop. most right. likely they don't have people in their family or cops they don't know anything about cops right. so they make up stuff or they get their information from 
you know, they do quote unquote research. research right. So research might involve, you know, reading books or articles or websites or whatever. Like that's what they get like mm-hmm. when people write movies about, you know, like a, a guy could write a movie about space aliens. It's like this guy has never met a space alien in his life. <laughs> but he's able to write it because guess what? He made it up. Yeah. So the it. same thing happens when it comes to stuff like yeah. cop shows or lawyer shows and we don't or think doctor about that. shows. The audience doesn't think about that. Well they assume this person that, like knows yeah. yeah what they're what they're talking about. Right. Um and, and I just want to say real That's quick. That's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Back to your point about like reality shows, and, and yeah, it made made me think about, um, you know, a few years ago in Detroit and in, in Wayne County, they were shooting um, some. It was some one of those reality shows where you know the camera crew f- follows cops around, mm-hmm. and and they were serving a warrant on this house, and it was an episode where. Uh, they were shooting. There was the camera crew was with the police as they served a warrant on a house in in Wayne County as a Wayne County sheriff. Yeah. And they came in the house, and I don't know. I think it was like a may have been a no knock warrant where you just bust in without knocking and announcing you're the police. Mm-hmm. And in any event, like a little girl, I think she was three years old, was killed. She mm-hmm. was sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. She was killed by the police. Like police came in, guns blazing. Like or they they threw in like a tear tear gas canister or something. They mm-hmm. busted in the door mm-hmm. for something that was like a relatively minor offense. It wasn't right. like oh this guy is like you know got like um, hundred kilos right like right exactly he wasn't like you know Tony Montana <laughs> right. you know he wasn't didn't, didn't have that in there. But the it came out that that happened. Where the the girl was killed by the police, and they came in with this excessive force and show of force, was because they were shooting that reality show, and they wanted to make it look good for the oh cameras. Oh my gosh! Right. Mm-hmm. And now, and that was the thing that happened. Like I don't know, it was something where they normally, the police normally wouldn't have done that when they yeah. come to the house, but because the cameras are there shooting this reality show, the police decided amongst this made it upon, took it upon themselves to right. say, "We gotta make it look good for the cameras. Mm-hmm. We're gonna throw in this tear gas." canister or flashbang canister we're gonna come in guns blazing and they kill the little girl because mm, of that wow. so i mean to your point like you know that's kind of like where stuff like it's like it's kind of like uh you know a circle of you know a, a perpetuating like cycle of yeah. these reality shows are feeding you know fictional television which is feeding yeah. reality yeah. shows it's yeah. like that that it's kind of like a, a echo chamber in a way where that yeah. happens and 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 it's terrible. I mean, it's not always the case, but I mean, I, I think that that could happen from from time to time. And mm-hmm. and I mean, I think the bottom line is yes, we need if there's going to be cop shows, there needs to be cop shows that are more realistic and and more, I guess, less prop propaganda, less mm-hmm. you know, showing the police as the best ever. They do everything right and and start showing like, hey, these police are really not doing great things, and mm-hmm. and we need to hold a mirror up to them because that's how people get their information. Like a lot of people aren't sitting around watching the daily news, yeah. and the news isn't even going to cover everything. Like well, mm-hmm. as far as those protests were that popped off over the summer at the end of uh you know end of May beginning of June. Those protests were like on CNN, MSNBC. They were on like every day for like a week and a half, two right. weeks maybe. And then slowly but surely, the news coverage like dropped off mm-hmm. as like other things took precedence, right? Right. But the protests are still happening. And that's uh-huh. the thing. Like people don't realize the protests are still happening because this is not shown on television all the time now. Right. And I, I, I'm afraid that like you know, if people just rely on the news for their information, watching the news, they're going to miss out, like, on what actually 
happens, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on. That's so then, so, so, yeah. so they'll be watching instead of watching them because people don't watch the news like that. They're watching Law and Order. Right. They're watching SWAT. Right. They're watching, you know, all these other random like cop shows, mm-hmm. and that's coloring and informing them of what's happening in real life when that's not really the case. It'll be interesting to see if any TV or 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 movie, um, if they look at what has been going on, look at the images that have been shown on mostly on social media about what the cops were doing um, during these protests. Um, I'm I'm taking that as an example. It'll be interesting if they use some of that in future TV shows or movies Um, because we, because, you know, I don't know, maybe it was after Mike Brown's murder, we see that shift in like i think you see a little shift because remember what show was it that came shots out? fired shots fire came out yeah and there was something else too was there something else that came it, out it that was, was like, kind of yeah, i think it was a show of noah wiley on cbs the ava duvernay show the yeah, something, red yeah. something yeah like you saw a little bit of that happen so yeah i mean you may i think we will kind of get some some reflection back um in tv and movies um in terms of what we've been seeing um, with the protests and how cops have reacted, and then certainly with with more with more of these shootings, um, these police shooting unarmed black people, you de- I think we're definitely in the next couple of years going to be seeing. We may even get a whole TV show <laughs> again, yeah, or a movie, a whole movie at this point. What if it happens surrounding it, that? I think we. I think the problem is we still need these. We still need these t- stories to be told by people of color. Oh, for sure. We, when you think about it, because like I mean, recently there's a, a news story about the the show All Rise on CBS. Oh yeah. With um, um, Simone Missick plays a a black judge. Where new story uh, stories have come out that the guy who runs the show, mm-hmm. at, like when they're writing these scripts that involve race, like they're very reductive. They 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 trope uh, and like stereotypes or mm. throughout in the scripts, and it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, you're talking about some of these like racial issues in this criminal justice system and the court system, but they're still being like spearheaded by like a white guy who is who's still writing stuff that people are finding offensive and racist and stereotypical. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, we we can have a a movie or a film that kind of addresses the protests, the civil unrest after uh the george floyd murder but if it's going to be you know written by like aaron sorkin i don't know if that's going to be something like i want to watch i <laughs> yeah. mean aaron sorkin's a great writer but i mean is aaron sorkin going to write it something will be at first yeah. it will definitely be that but if you're smart like you do find um you know writers of color you do find directors of color to help tell these stories if you're going to tell it because otherwise you can keep it because you, yeah, I mean? you ain't gotta tell it and they're out there and they have to let them tell it and they have to also not interfere with them like a lot of things are like they'll they'll say oh we want you oh we want you to come in and we want you to write this script or we want you to write uh, you know develop this show for us mm-hmm. but then you still have the white people at the top who are just going to interfere with it to try to water <laughs> right. it down to say oh well can can the can the white guy not be too racist? Or they just you know? not show it at all. Like they did the blackest episode with Kaepernick and the kneeling or whatever they took off and now they've put it put it out there right. on social media or whatever where, you know. That's on Hulu. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I meant. Like like a streaming. I meant streaming, not yeah. social media. But yeah, like like stuff like that. It's just like if you want to 
you know, if you want the stories, then find the people who can tell the stories properly and and don't just hire them for that. <laughs> like, right, exactly. Keep them to tell other stories. They don't have to just tell stories of about, right, people about black people, yeah. about black struggle, black oppression. I think you posted about a thread like some several months ago. It might have been, maybe it wasn't several months ago, but some months ago about, or maybe I just came across that thread about like, it was a thread about black people not only being available to tell black stories. Yeah. And that, it, did you post that or did you retweet that? I can't uh, remember. Maybe. I mean, it sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's what I, yeah, that's what needs to happen with these studio, these TV studios. And Cause that's what I was, my point about Lovecraft country. And there's like a few other like, uh, horror based, uh, shows coming out. Mm. Um, you know, based on books written by write, black writers that have been optioned by, you mm. know, networks like AMC okay. and, and HBO and all these other, and, and Netflix, where, yes, they're finally getting the opportunity to talk about stuff mm-hmm. that isn't just, okay, well, this is about, you know, a black kid that was, like, shot by a police officer. It's not just going to be that story, or it's not going to be a story that's so simply or solely about black struggle or black oppression. Right. You need to give these writers... Uh, of color opportunities to tell all kinds of stories they can write sci-fi they can write dramas they can write stuff mm-hmm. that's you know family drama stuff that's not necessarily related to like you know you know civil rights black people we're struggling right. type situation right yeah i mean i would say we've been so pigeonholed but that's not even the case we just we haven't been given any opportunities to Right. It's like the progression is like not not getting any opportunities yeah. to like, okay, you got opportunities, but you can only write the black stuff. Right. Or you write for the black characters. Right. And then like we want to get beyond that to the next level of like, okay, you can write for anybody. Right. Any character, any story. Yeah. And you and what you write is, is taken at face value and you're given a fair shot to tell that story. Right. To kind of wrap us up, I was gonna say uh that or before we wrap up, I wanted to say too, like you know, the future, you know, after all of the things that have been happening in the country now since George Floyd, I was, you know, like in terms of, you know, Hollywood and everything, like, I hope we do move past just these, these studios and, you know, whatever, like saying that it's or thinking that it's okay to just have one black writer one director like you know what i mean because it's like it, i was just thinking of the guy who was upset the writer on twitter who was upset about people coming after him about having uh who was it was he a showrunner it was somebody like um they like went back and forth about some uh stuff coming at him about not having any people of color in in the writing room mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember like what it was about but it was he, he was be- he was very like on the defense about it and i mean he didn't say obviously but he was very upset that people were coming at, at him about not you know having any um like people of color worth anything i guess in in working on a show oh it was a camera guy i think was it a camera guy or was it a writer but he but yeah it was it was basically a thread about like you know, somebody was saying like how there isn't like pretty much any like people of color like pr- like on a particular show or right. something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like he was like, I think he just came in was like, well, I yeah, like 
yeah, like if they're not qualified, you know, the whole shtick of right. like, we're not just going to hire man. black people or whoever just because. Like, he, yeah, I forget if he was a writer or a camera yeah, operator. Yeah, because like the, the, the default assumption on their uh, position on them is, from their perspective is, well, people of color or black people, whoever they are, they're not they're not qualified to do it, mm-hmm. and the only reason they get the job is like they don't ever consider a world where maybe this person is qualified and maybe they didn't That's get the job never, before right. they were black. They never consider that, so it's kind of like if you say, "Oh, you need to hire more black people," we're not going to hire black just because they're black. They're black, right? So you think every white person that gets a job on this show was qualified? And no black people are qualified. Or no, no Asian people. Right. No Latino. People. Like seriously, like so. That's. Yeah, I hope going forward, I, I had just thought of that before <clears throat> I was getting into what I was saying, but like, yeah, I just hope going forward, can, it's like, can we get to a place where, like, you know, as far as people behind the scenes, like, you know, all the, like, the sound people and, like, you know, camera people, like, everybody, can we get to a point where, um, whether it's a TV show or a movie, where we have, like, can we get 50% people of color working? You know, I mean, I mean, Ava DuVernay, I know, is doing it. You know, she's including, like, everybody. She's But she's someone of color. I'm talking about these white folks out there. Like, can we get some, you know, real diversity going yeah, forward Yeah, we need more point, diversity behind you know? the camera. But a lot of situations... Ethnic diversity, let me be clear. Right, ethnic diversity. <laughs> but a lot of times, the problem is, like, a lot of these positions on the crew are union jobs. And mm-hmm. and the unions and it's historical. I mean, it goes back hundreds of years. The unions have been exclusionary towards people of color. Mm-hmm. So essentially, mm-hmm. like you know, in Hollywood sets like you know you if it, you have to be in the union to work certain jobs, mm-hmm. but in order to get on the get in the union, you have to like work certain, certain jobs. jobs. <laughs> and it's kind of like and that, and that's what mm-hmm. you, these unions do to exclude people because there's plenty of mm-hmm. of black folks who can do these jobs right. or Latino folks or or Asian or South Asian what have you but they're not given the opportunity because you know the unions are are, are stopping them from because I mean the, the biggest it, one issue that comes to mind and we've talked about this before we talk about behind the scenes crew is you know the hairdresser situation hair and makeup mm-hmm. how there's right. plenty of 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 black actresses have complained about the 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 hair that they've you know hair services they receive yeah. on, on film and television how you know there's plenty of hair people working who just don't know how to handle black okay. hair the right. texture right. Uh, what to do with it and makeup as well to make right. Because because black skin, we come in all kinds of shades, mm-hmm. and you have to light our skin a certain way so it looks right, so it looks so good, good, so right. it doesn't look bad. Yeah, and a lot of times, like they don't have anyone on mm-hmm. set that can can do those yeah. things properly for the the black. I've performers. read a lot about that in in the fashion industry with models and like hearing a lot of stories about you know from Naomi and Tyra, several others, like you know how they had to bring their own makeup, and that's you know? that's, that's ridiculous. Like ridiculous. They shouldn't have to bring their own person, yeah. but. Sometimes they it's, it's because they don't allow black makeup people who can do this stuff, mm-hmm. makeup and hair. They can do this. There's, they've been doing it for years mm-hmm. in their personal salons or their friends or whatever. They have mm-hmm. the skills to do it, but because they're not in the union, they're not allowed to work on this right. on this particular production. And mm-hmm. and and it's a shame. So it's kind of like it's a, a systemic thing. Other than yeah. just the typical, I'm only going to hire white people. It's mm-hmm. also the system forces them to only hire white people because yeah. they're not lying black people or Latino people so into ridiculous. the pipeline. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, white folks need to learn and to know like when to step aside and let somebody of color, like when it comes to like hair and makeup, for instance, like step aside. Like if you don't know what you're doing 
A, step aside and let somebody who knows how to do this do the hair and makeup. Because I've definitely seen some stuff like I, I saw a whole thing back and forth with uh, the, I think it was, uh, it was two people. It was uh, a woman who does celebrity hair. Um, she was going back and forth with somebody about like wh a white woman saying that like, well, I don't really know black hair very well, but I feel like I don't get the opportunity to practice like through my schooling. So I, I take these jobs and she was like, no, like don't be using like somebody as practice. Like you need to practice before you get to the job right. so that you don't get to the job and mess up. You know what I mean? And it was like, I understand she's not getting those opportunities, but I was like, but that's on your school. And maybe you need to say something to your school about right. getting more models or people of color to come in so you can know the hair and do the hair before you go get on a paid job, taking a paid job away from right. somebody of color who could do the hair. And I seen the same with makeup too. I like follow Lupita Nyong'o's uh, makeup artist and he was saying the same thing about makeup and how like these white women come to these jobs with like all shades of tan, <laughs> white woman tan and not like any other and you know and then they're like oh well i can't do it and it's like well, what are you here for right you know so i mean essentially we just need we need to keep the progress going yeah behind the scenes and in front of the camera and and hopefully you know 2020 is you know although 2020 has been pretty much bad overall with a lot of different things <laughs> yeah. happening Hopefully, it can it can also be a catalyst for for mm -hmm. change, and, and we see some meaningful, substantive change that is is lasting. Yes, absolutely. All right. Any last words? No, I think I think that pretty much covers it. I think I am also good. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to another podcast. Yes, thank you very much. If you have any suggestions, please hit us up on social medias. You know how to get us. Um, so yeah. All right. Thank you again. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.